Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. That's Palenga Eve, but that's not the topic of this podcast. It's going to be the Spa 24, along with me to discuss this annual end-of-July tradition. It's Kiwi Crit. G'day. Sorry that you've had to bring in the amateur part of this program podcast, but hey, everyone else is busy. We pay the bills, Kiwi. That's why they keep us on. We have the skills <laughs> to pay the bills. Exactly. So, Spa, a legendary track. What is it? How can you describe The way I look at it, so we've had, in the past, we've had the 24 races, 24 hour races. We've had the, we've had like the most prestigious one in Le Mans. We've had the craziest one in Nürburgring. Now we've got the most intriguing one. It's 73 cars of one spec. <laughs> it's a different type of insane to what we've seen. It's one of those races where, did you, you like, Everyone knows that with the whole pit stop cycle, which we'll get to in a bit, and that can ruin the race for many. But at least the first part of the race were all 73 cars, because there's no, like, split starts in what you see in maybe WEC and IMSA. These are 73 cars running up together, coming across you know, Rouge and uh, Radeon, and into the Kimmel Strait. Like, it's chaos, and a little throwback when Vadim Kogai almost murdered people in this race a few years ago. So they let anyone in this race. Um, we mean, a very we mean big anyone. Race, not like Nürburgring 24 or anyone. But we have a certain license and you know rich enough to field a team. You're, you're, you're in. That's why we have 73 cars. And w- there's two reasons why we have 73 cars at this race. One... It's Spa, Frankenstein. Why the hell wouldn't you want to race around here if you had the chance? And two, this race has been going in some form or another, the 24-hour Spa, since 1923. And it's like the 71st edition this year. I th- yeah, so it's definitely got that history behind it. And it used to be a touring car race, actually. Um, yeah. been touring cars since about... What, the late 1990s, early 2000s, when the SRO took over, it's been a GT race ever since. A little off topic, but the TCR Spa 500's trying to ring it back into the roots. A separate event, but it's going to be basically a 24-hour race at that point for touring cars. I believe that was like a 23-and-a-half-hour or 24-hour time limit. So it's either that or 500 laps. So it's basically another... A 24-hour event for the touring cars at Spa, sort of like with the Bathurst, uh, what Bathurst did, and make the six hours to to uh, involve the original partakers of the Bathurst 12-hour, you know, the production mm. vehicles and stuff. So the, the touring true. car element is is still out there somewhere, but just yeah, on, just, early... just on that sidebar, um, Bathurst, you know, yep. talking about the fifth event, it's down to two nominations: Supercars or ARG, who do TCR. So there could be another TCR insurance race coming up in the near future as well. Creventic was also underrunning. I believe it might be a... I, I heard rumblings of a WTCR round, which would be very, very... Well, that's the only way they could potentially run it. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Yep. Back onto Spa. Yep, sidetrack. Back to <laughs> GT3 racing, not touring car racing. So, so let's sp- talk about maybe some unique rules that come into the specific kind of race you don't see anywhere else. So... With 73 cars on track, three classes of cars separated only by the ability of the driver, 
as you talked about, the start can get incredibly hectic. So can restarts. And what we've seen come into prevalence this year, and I think you and I share the same opinion that we don't know if this is the best thing, but they go from full course yellow to safety car to restart under under safety car conditions. Why? Because it's safer for multiple cars to do that than under full course yellow. But I'm not sure it's the best way to go. And the problem we've got is it's not the only rule that we have that causes a fair bit of consternation, is it, Chris? The pit lane rules, I mean, it just ruins the event for me, kind of, because it just comes into a race where people, you know when they're going to pit, and and you you just have the same cycle over and over again. There's nothing new being tried. There's no new wacky strategy being played. It's very formulaic, you know, 65 minutes, come in, change drivers, go out. 65 minutes later, come in, change driver, go out. Oh, there's a four-course yellow, okay, 17 minutes, come in, change driver, go out. There's, and have they still got the rules about um, fuel and tyres at the same time? I haven't actually been following it too close this year. I believe you might still be able to. Um, you know, real life and work gets in the way of following closely a series such as Blank Pan that gets geo-blocked to the United States, but I believe they might. Okay, so this is one of our big frustrations with the race. There's so many rules and regulations that you have to follow. As much as the battling on track is absolutely fantastic, there's just very little room to move in the pit lane. And I think there was a comment a couple of years ago where where basically the teams were getting frustrated. The pit crews were saying, we now don't really matter at all in this race. Mm-hmm. And and that's not good for any pit crew to feel like that. No, and unfortunately you're seeing a lot a lot of that with this spec, you know, GT3 racing um, anywhere with the minimum pit stop times. Because in other series like Formula 1, NASCAR, IndyCar, Supercars, Super GT, all these other series, now they don't have a minimum pit stop time. You, the pit crew has the ability to affect their driver's race for the better or for the worse. And that's part of the excitement of a pit stop. See how fast they can get it done. See how if they can overcut or undercut the cars are on track and try to, you know, beat the competition. But with this minimum stint time, everyone has to adhere to the same rule, which can limit the ability of a very talented pit crew to affect their team for the race or the fact that you know, any strategy that could be done is quite limited by this rule. So, I mean, like I said, you know, earlier on in the race, it's exciting when all 73 cars are near each other on the timing sheet and, you know, they're battling for some sort of position. But when you, but when you get down to that sunrise on Sunday morning, with six, you know, four to six hours to go, and all the cameras are focusing on is like two or three cars are like 30 seconds apart. And they're not doing really anything in the pit stops to try to improve that gap. It becomes quite boring and becomes quite a Uh, a pattern that's quite... I wouldn't call it necessarily boring because the on-track racing for GT3 is usually nuts. And we've seen it at Bathurst and Nürburgring that there's always racing going on on track somewhere. I'm, I'm I'm talking towards the very end of the race. I I am too. Look how how Bathurst finished this year, for example. No, no, no. I'm I'm mainly talking about Spa, though. I mean, you don't want to call it too boring, though, because with 73 cars on track, you're going to get action somewhere. This is true. There's more cars on track 
this year than have been in the past year. Ten more um, than last year. Yeah, so I probably should be catching my fish too soon. Um, catch my fish? That's I, a new I, one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so shall we talk about these 73 cards then at some point? Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about that. We're trying to get people to watch during, so that to turn away from it. So, 73 cars. Uh, Woo! So, 36 of them in a pro. It's nut. It is an absolutely nutty field this year. Um, so, there's three Astons in the pro class this year. Uh, the 59, Garage 59 car with their third manufacturer in three years. Uh, Kome Lettigar, Andrea Watson, Johnny Adam. And then there's two R Motorsport Pro cars. You've got the 62 with Matthew Vaxivier, Matt Parry, and Maxime Martin. And the 76 with Marvin Kirkhoffer, Marvin Kirkhoffer, Jake Dennis, and Alex Lynn. That's an incredibly strong lineup for Aston, who haven't really done all that much at this race in the past. No, I mean, you had um, TF Sport with Oman Racing in the past, but they're just a silver cup or a pro-am entry, which, you know, they did good in the class, but they're never really a threat for the overall. And now we have three cars trying to get that overall crown. It's quite a huge step up from their previous attempts at the spot. Hmm. And this is, of course, the brand new Aston Martin, the AMR GT3, which looks incredible in my mind. Mm-hmm. And the new GT4 Aston is going to be here also. Uh, with the French GT4 championship, I believe. I believe there's a Aston, a new Aston GT4 somewhere in that grid. So you get both GT4 and the new GT3 Astons. So of those three lineups, I reckon the 76 armor sport car is probably the strongest. Do you concur? Hmm. Actually, I think I'm going to have to go with the 62. Because you have... Uh, Voxier, who is a LMP2 driver, and also does he also actually raced an Audi in the VLN this past week. Um, I, I don't think he got a very good result out of that, but he's been racing in all sorts of different machinery. Then you have Matt Perry, who I believe he was part of the Nismo team he back was? in the day. Yeah, and then they have Maxime Martin, which you you can't. He's a DTM driver. Um, <laughs> that's underselling former, him somewhat <laughs> yeah, I believe he's a former BMW guy and he I believe won a few DTM races so I, I think the 62 is the strongest one I think the 76 you've got Marvin Kirkhoffer I'm going to struggle with that name I'm going to stop saying it Marvin who's a proven talent in GT3 machinery is just quick and you've got two young guns Jake Dennis who's really proven himself and Alex Lynn, who's come on and had a barnstorming 2019 so far. You this know. is true. I, I mainly know Jake Dennis for being a GP3 driver. That's where I remember him from. I have, I, I, if you know, he, I believe he won a few overall blank pen endurance races, hasn't he? He has. And Alex Lynn as well has come from yeah. Open Wheel Formula when Formula 1 was not going to give him a slot. And he's showing them what they're missing out on. So, that's... That's a good, strong Aston, but I think the unknown here is the car's never really been suited to Spa. Yeah, um, the I believe the only real test for this new Aston at this Spa-Frankenstein circuit, for the new GT3s at least, it's going to be 
in the British GT race, which as of recording this is going to be tomorrow morning um, in United States time. Which I, have so, to, which I have to keep an eye on because Tony Quinn from our neck of the woods is having a race over there this weekend. Yeah, I believe he's he's also racing in Aston Martin, isn't he? He is. So Yeah, so they're going to take the data, I'm, I'm sure, from the British GT race and head on over to uh, the Blank Pan and Darren Skies. Oh, wouldn't you, so wouldn't, I, they're going to have some... Wouldn't you love to be Tony Quinn? Two weeks ago, he was at Goodwood racing in a Pikes Peak thing. <laughs> now he's over at G- British GT. Wouldn't you like to have his, well, mu- have his much money well, in O2 racetracks? A lot of time on his hands ever since he uh, sold Australian GT hat. Yes, and Daryl Lee chocolates, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Aston Martin squad is going to be quite... Our Motorsport, I think, is the better team out of this. Uh, I think Garage 59 has the weaker of the three lineups. I think that's an easy one to call. I, I mean, yeah, but I mean, Johnny Adam and Comey Ledegar, and, like, they're, they're good names, but Andrew Watson is a... Eh. He had glimpses of awesomeness, but I don't think he's going to quite take it, it to the prize. He he he's not he's not going to be the hero stint driver, I don't think. So I think the two Armora Sport guys are going to be in contenders for the best lineup. Okay, so shall we move on to a car that we know is always strong here, Audi GT3. With they're bringing six cars to the pro class as they usually populate like mad here. We have the Audi Sport Team WRT. The two usual cars, car one with Robert Frines, Nico Muller, and Rene Rast. Car two with Dries Thanthor, Frank Stipler, and Alex Riberas. Uh, car 10, this is the Belgium Audi Club Team WRT. Uh, Rick Brookers, Charlie Wirtz, and Norman Nato. So WRT, as always, not mucking around. Yeah, I mean, you got um, Robin Frines, who just came off of the Formula E Championship of New York last week. Then you have Nico Mueller and Rene Rass, who's been busy doing the DTM stuff, which DTM is at Assen this week, in the weekend we are filming this. And then we have Dries Van Thor, who won the Nürburgring 24 hours last month, along with Frank Stipler. I believe Frank Stipler also was also with Dries Van Thor, Van Thor in that car. Then you have Alex Ramirez, who used to race Porsches in IMSA. So, but he's been racing with Audi WRT for in blank pan for a pretty... Uh, a good while now. And then you have the number 10 Belgian Audi Club team, WRT, the OG <laughs> Blank Pan <laughs> WRT team. From from way on back, they've, they've been here since the big it, beginning. Um, Rick Breikers, who... Rick Breikers is turning into a little Shane Van Gisberg, isn't he, with all the racing machinery he's racing in. Basically, just um, give, give him a car, yeah. he'll drive it, and generally drive it fast. Pretty much, he raced a Cupra TCR, an Audi TCR, a Audi GT3, a, a Lamborghini GT3, and now a, or and now he raced a the new the new Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo a couple of weeks back at the 24 Hours of Portimao. Um, so he he's basically had a hand in almost everything, a little dip in the toes in every pond. Mm-hmm. His two teammates are the most intriguing drivers, I think, in the in the pro grid for me. Yeah, I mean, Charles Wirtz is a silver. Um, he impressed me last year in the FIA GT World Cup. I believe they're on track to win the qualifying race until something bad happened to them. A little uh, incident in turn one. 
if they weren't going to win, they're really up there. He was really impressing me at that drive, um, team for team Belgium. Then you have Norman Nato, who's on the road to Indy here for the American IndyCar Series here in the States. And he did quite well. I believe he made, out, made it up all the way to Indy Lights or Indy Pro 2000, but now he's kind of been um, racing sports cars. I believe he also does the IMSA Prototype Challenge um, and has a quite a lot of success in that. Um, talking about success, he races. He also races in the G-Drive Auris in the European Le Mans Series, which of oh, course just right. won at Monza. So he has an LMP2 win. Um, so that's probably the highest win of his career so far. Um, and he's twenty. If, well, if he went spot, that'd be that'd be a, a that'll beat yeah. him Here's the thing, though. Norman Nato's twenty-seven. How old do you think Charles Wurtz is? I'm gonna guess below twenty. Eighteen. Hey, one year younger than me. What am I? <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm going to college to be an electrician, and th- this guy is going the world class races, making money. Man, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's just crazy to me. This car is listed as a pro, but I don't think it is a pro class car. But it's still going to be a cool car to watch, just to see how these young guns go. And I do like the fact that the Belgian Audi Club Team WRT, you know, they keep a Belgian guy in it because you know. I remember Belgian Audi Club Team WRT, you know, guy who used to go for uh, Lawrence Vanthor back when he used to dominate this series. So nice to see Belgian still keeping keeping uh, up a little Belgian dude up on the team. Absolutely. So we'll get on to the other three Audis now because we know WRT are always going to be strong, especially with Rene Rast around. So the car, so number twenty-five, the Audi Sport Team Centerlock Racing. Uh, Fred Favish, Marcus Finkelhock, and Christopher Haas. This team, Santa Lac, winners from two years ago, with Frederick Vervish, who won the Nürburgring 24. It kind of went for a little uh, double win at the end 24, won a WTCR race and a 24-hour race, so he has quite a few trophies from that weekend. Marcus Finkelhock, and they have Christopher Haas. All of these guys are platinum, except for Vervish, which is a gold which I'm bloody pretty good. sure he'll turn platinum soon <laughs> I was going to say, bloody good gold. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an incredibly strong lineup. As we know, proven race contenders, they've um, driven together a fair bit as well. Um, were they together in Nürburgring as well? Uh, yeah, they were. Um, they weren't, except for Vervish, they weren't winners, I don't think. But, again, incredibly strong lineup for that Audi. Uh the number 66 Attempto Racing Machine with Clem, Sch- Clem Schmidt, Calvin Vanderland, and a driver who's yet to be confirmed and still hasn't been confirmed on the entry list from what I can tell. Those two are very strong drivers, but the, any chance that car's got, it's going to hinge on who they can get in that third seat, I reckon. This is another problem we have with the Spars. So many changes happen the week of the race, so everything we could say today could be out of date. Yeah, instead of 73 cars, it could be three cars in that. But yeah, they still need to find that third third driver um you know having two guys race 12 hours is not exactly ideal that they keep up that two car lineup strong as it may be i mean clement schmidt is a porsche gt3 cup challenge middle east champion he's been racing gt3s ever since and kelvin vandalin you know won snipperg in 24 a few years back um did a lot of racing you know also a adec gt masters champion so it's going to be interesting to see what that TBC driver could be. I think that's going to be announced probably 
if not this weekend in SRO Speed Week, um, it's going to be probably within the Monday or Tuesday because they start sessions on that Thursday. Yes, Brian Test is on Tuesday, so they want to get it knocked in nice and early. One more Audi in the pro class here, the Audi Sport team, Land Motorsport, Christopher Meese, Jose Maria Lopez, and Ricardo Feller. I know Meese, I know Lopez, obviously. Who's Ricardo Feller? Who is that fella? Ricardo Feller actually races with Land Motorsport and also does a bit of ADAC GT stuff as well. To me, those two drivers, Jose Maria Lopez, we know what he can do in a TCR car. He's showing glimpses of what he can do in an LMP1 for Pete's sake. And Christopher Meese is just Christopher Meese. You know what you're going to get from him. So this car, if Ricardo Feller can hold it together should be a car that should could contend for the win at the end. And we know Land Motorsport's a very, very strong team, usually. Jose Maria Lopez, That's a, there actually has been a little late change. I believe Jamie Green has now been added to that lineup, which I think is a step up, in my opinion. So Lopez out, Jamie Green in? Correct. You call that a step up. I call that a step sideways. I mean, Jose Maria Lopez, okay, he didn't necessarily show his true talent in the P1, but... You don't win TCR, but the World Touring Car Championship by being rubbish. Yeah, but he won that championship at a time where his car was so dominant compared to the others. Yeah, and Toyota won the championship this year in a car that was so dominant compared to the others. It happens. You're still going to drive the damn thing. Yeah, but I think Jamie Green is the better driver. The fact that Jamie Green has been racing for years in the DTM and and did well in the GT3 cars that he, you know, been, you know, hired to drive. Yeah, okay, I'll trust you there. But I'm just with that knowledge, I'm not sure this car is going to be contending for a race win. Next up on the list is the Bentley Continental GT3, the big boy, the boat. There's They're bringing four cars this year to Spa and gorgeous centenary levies. Have you checked those out yet? Uh, I, I, peek, I peeked at them. I found them in a the Twitter little photo. So yeah, I have looked at them, but not closely. Yeah, so you've got the 107 and 108 in gorgeous British racing green with a hint of black. And the 109 and 110 in this sort of almost play golden black livery that just looks beautiful. So they're going to stand out on track, and the drivers aren't half bad either. Uh, the 107, you've got Jordan Pepper, Jules Gournon, and Stephen Kane, your regulars in the Blank Plane series. 108, Alex Buncombe. Marcus Peltala and Maxime Soule. Again, your Blanc Plain regulars. Adding to them this year for Spa is the 109 of Rodrigo Baptista, Seb Morris, and Cullen McLeod. And the 110. Now, this is a lineup and a half. Andy Suchek, Lucas Adonis, Pipo Durrani. Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, few notable additions. Um, Rodrigo Baptista. Uh, is a races with uh, K-Pax Bentleys in the Blank Pan GT World Challenge America. Got a win or two in that championship. Seb Morris and Cal McLeod are likely teammates um, that race Bentleys in the British GT Championship. So, so Bentley experience is there. So that, that's a very good thing to have on M Sport Team Bentley Sands. And you have Andy Suchek and Lucas Ardonez, who I believe 
race in the other KPEX Bentley in the Blank Pan GT World Challenge America car, along with Pippo Durrani. Wow. <laughs> He's just one of these drivers again, just going, hey, here's 100,000 bucks, you want to race for a weekend? Sure thing. And here he comes. And he'll drive it pretty damn quickly. He will. I just... I don't want to say that's the strongest lineup of the four, but it's incredibly it's tempting. Tough, yeah. It's incredibly tempting to say that because I do love Jordan Pepper and the way he goes about it. And I do love the 107. So what, if it's going to be a Bentley winner, it'll be with 107 or the 110. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I don't I don't see the, um, the 109 being the strongest. Mainly due to the fact that Rodrigo Baptista, well, he does win. He faces little challenge um and that's in the championship that he does run in um and then you have seb morris and cal mcleod who's mainly limited to british gt well actually as i'm saying this that might be to their advantage because in british gt they have to deal with uh slower gt4 traffic so they will have some experience in the traffic while rodrigo baptista may have not because of digital low car counts in the series that he races in so i think the british gt guys might get the ropes faster than Baptista, I think, in this case. Yeah, I can certainly see that. But, again, those Bentley cars, they're not really messing around. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, moving on now to BMW, the BMW M6 GT3, one of the older cars in the field, which is funny saying that because it's not even that old, really. Uh, just bringing two cars this year. One of them happens to be the winners from last year's race, the 34 Walking Horse Motorsport. And as I said, the drivers in that car this year... Kristen Krugners, Mikhail Jensen, and Nikki Katzberg. So you got BMW stalwart, team owner, who's Mikhail Jensen? And and the fact that he's been doing fabulously well in the DLN, um, especially I believe he races mainly in that PlayStation Vulcan horse BMW. And the fact that he he just goes out there and he he gets you know he's up there almost every race. He if he's not up there, he's pushing to try to get a top five. Then you have you know Mikkel Jensen. Remember, he was also at the Nürburgring 24, along with Nikki Katzberg. And Nikki Katzberg's been racing in WTCR stuff as well. Notice that this is mainly a uh, a gold entry car, with the exception of Jensen, who is a silver. And you go on to the next one, who is an even weaker lineup. So this is the strongest one, strongest lineup out of the Vulcan Horse camp for sure. Well, you look at their lineup from last year when they won the race. It was Tom Blonkist, Philip Ping, and Christian Krogness. It's definitely weaker than that. It is, unfortunately. I can't see... I don't know if there's anything else that we can add obscuring anybody else to come, you know. But, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know why they wouldn't be in that Vulcan. Especially seeing that those drivers aren't in the Team Schnitzer Beamer, which has John Edwards, Martin Chomchik, and Augusto Farfus. But that 42 right. is a pretty strong lineup, isn't it? I mean, John Edwards, he does a lot of stuff in IMSA with the... Uh, yes, he races for Ray Hall, Lennerman, uh, Langen racing for BM... yeah, in IMSA, races the BMW M8, um, which I believe that car will continue on in IMSA. So your big mate memes will still be alive and kicking come Relux 24 for time. Then you have uh, Martin Tomchik and Augusto Farfus. Um, Augusta Farfus now races in the WTCR championship when he's not doing GT3 racing or GT racing in general. And Martin Tomchik, um, I believe he also is kind of like Augusta Farfus. He only does really GT racing now, 
But that yeah, that's definitely a stronger lineup than the uh, Falcon Horse Pro BMW. And if BMW are going to get their way to a win, the Schnitzer car is the one that's going to do it. That is a pretty strong lineup, especially when you consider their GTE experience for all three of those drivers as well. And just how experienced they are in general. Mm-hmm. Because John Edwards has been racing since what, the early 2000s? Sort of like that. And I, I'm not sure if he was with Augusto Farfus when they took the Rolex 24 win in GT Le Mans. So they already, ha- so at least for Augusto Farfus, he has one crown of endurance racing under his belt. The Spa 24, I think, is uh, maybe as less prestigious as the Rolex 24 in general, claiming overall win at Spa would definitely knock a few notches on that belt. And I'm sure Gusto Farfus would like that trophy. No doubt. Now, we'll move on to the next make of car in the pro class. We have three Ferrari 408s this year, starting with the number 50A of Corsa Ferrari. Now, this lineup's ridiculous. Alejandro Pierguidi, James Gallardo, Sam Bird. Whoa. That's basically a WEC entrant, isn't it? <laughs> More or less. So um, you know what they're going to do. You know they're going to be bloody quick while they do it. The other, the seventy-two SMP racing entry has Miguel Molina, Michael Alation, David Regon again, basically WEC. And then you've got the two two seven Hub Auto Corsa entry. This is the one I'm going to keep an eye on because it's got Nick Foster from Australia, Nick Cassidy from New Zealand, and Daniel Serra from Brazil. Three very handy drivers. This one's a fun one. I, I be, it did win the California 8-hour with Daniel Sarah at the wheel and I believe Nick Foster. Yes, and um, Tim, Slade, Foster and Tim Slade made the trip over for that as well. Yeah, so it was so Daniel Sarah and Nick Foster are the constants in this lineup along with they replace, they replace an Aussie with a Kiwi with Nick Cassidy. And Nick Cassidy, Super GT champion, Toyota Racing Series champion probably new zealand grand prix winner three times this guy is an absolute cracker of a yeah and because he's off broadway in japan so to speak no one really sees what he can do but oh boy i love him and that's not and that's not being being kiwi biased he's just a great great racer he, he's absolutely a fantastic driver um and unfortunately you know he was kind of coming up in those ranks but, you know, Super GT, you know, offered him a stable lifestyle. Now he's soon to be a Toyota factory driver because the Lexus he's racing is going to be turned to a Super in the years to, pa- years to come in the GT500 class. So you're looking at a two sort of Ferrari f- factory drivers with Daniel Serra and Nick Foster, although though Daniel Serra's 9-to-5 job, to put it that way, is a Brazilian stock car machine. Nick Cassidy, you know, a Lexus LC500, and a Nick Foster. Nick Foster is the only guy that's really, this is his full-time thing. Well, he's raced before in WEC as well, racing in the Golf Porsche. Oh, Nick Foster? I think he has. Am I getting my, am I getting my Aussies confused? There's been so many Aussies in that car lately, I could be wrong. But I do know Nick Nick Foster is the, is you, is the only guy on that team that at least makes some form of GT racing his. Also, so yeah, he's come up through the ranks. He's um Nick Foster. He's done Porsche Career Cup down here. He's done all sorts. Um, 
I reckon this lineup is good enough to take it to the other two WEC cards, basically. I think so, too. And plus their win at the California 8 Hours does constitute them maybe a a chance in the Intercontinental GT Challenge Championship Point Challenge. We haven't talked about that. This is round three of that with Mount Panorama, Bathurst, and Laguna Seca, California. But they're also the third round of this, and this is the one... I think we've seen 17 or 18 cross entries between the series here, which is great to see. Absolutely great to see. You know, Porsche won Bathurst with Earl Bamber Motorsport. Then you have Habado Corsa winning the Laguna Sick at eight hours. By the way, the Laguna Sick at eight hours was actually safety car free, full course yellow free for the entire eight hours. It helps when you have less than 20 cars on the grid. Ah, let's um, not get caught on semantics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's something. It's something notable that happened in that race. Um, it had some decent moments, but nothing to write home about. But then you have Spa seventy three cars, the me- the most mental race of them all. Then you have the Suzuka ten hours at the end of the month. Crazy! I'll be in college by that time. <gasps> you got yeah. I'm a big boy. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be the for probably. I believe that'll be the last weekend before I have college classes. That's gonna mark some. Mark a little date, a little, a little date for me to, you know. Our, our poor little Chris Wash is growing up. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be that's gonna be weird, you know. Watching the Suzuka Ten, I was like, oh, I have to go to high school. I have to go to college. Oh, okay. I didn't have to Kailami eight hours, okay. uh, nine hours. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah. I think the TLDR of this Ferrari good potential race winners, all three of these cars. Correct. Now. The next car on the grid is a very interesting car. It's the only Honda Acura, whatever they want to call it, NSX GT3 on the grid this year. The Honda Team Motul Jensen Rocket piece of awesome thing looking thing. Mario Farnbacher, Bertrand Baguette, Ringa van-, van der Sand. That's good. Yeah, um, I, it's pretty much if it's not North America, you just call it a Honda. Acura is more of like a North American term. Because they want, you know, switch things up. So, but, so SRI put both on the entry list, because why not? Oh, they did put both, okay. <laughs> but anyway, oh, the, dri- oh. the driver lineup, they're pretty good. I mean, you've got Ringo van der Zander. He's just been driving GT3s for, what, five years now? And has impressed in every single one of those years he's driven it, in both Europe and America. Ringo van der Zander, he, he does these... GT3 races now, and I've always seen them at these VLNs, and I was like, wow, normally these big names don't really go to these VLNs past Nürburgring 24, but I believe he was at the VLN this past week or so. So Ranger van der Zand really loving this GT3 racing overseas, along with his current, I believe he races with um, Wayne Taylor Racing, correct? He does indeed. Yeah, yeah for the IMSA championship full-time. So he he's got a little week from it, a little break from IMSA, and you know wants to go twenty four hours of spa racing with that. Yes, he does. And the other two drivers in this are pretty solid drivers as well. Bertrand Baguette, he's come from Japan Super GT world, and has really adapted to these GT three cars quite nicely. I think. Yeah, um, Baguette won the last Super GT edition of the Suzuka Thousand Kilometer Race with the Honda. So there's some correlation there. He's also, I believe, raced the Honda engine in the Indy 500 in 2011, where he could have won the Indy 500 if he had a caution. I believe he was on the uh, fuel-saving run 
Uh, I did get the caution. I was hoping for I had the pit um, before the checkered flag. And then you have uh, Mario Farnbacher, who not new to Japanese machinery. He did win uh, a few times last year in International GT Open with the Lexus. So all of these guys have some form, maybe except for Ranger Van Der Zand, have some form of Japanese machinery. A little, a little factoid. Is it a rice winner, though? In all honesty, I haven't seen, because I, I haven't seen the Honda up there really in the other blank pan endurance events, so I, I'm not, I'm not gonna put a marker on this one to say it's... It'll be one to keep an eye on, because, of course, this is Honda's first time at Spa, or was it the second? Did they have a one-off last year? I can't remember. Um, I think they had a, didn't, I think... You're right, they had, they did have a one-off last year, with, they um... They had a one-off last year, I believe in the Castrol colours. They had a T Jaff Motorsport run that. Yeah, with of course Bertrand Baguette racing in that as well. So it'd be interesting to keep an eye on that car, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a race winner. The next car on the list, or the next make of car, is the Lamborghini Hurric- Lam- Lamborghini. <laughs> One of the cars is greeny. Lamborghini Huracan GT3 2019. There's three of these cars in the pro class this year. The first one, the 63 GRT Grasso Racing Team. Mirko Bortolotti, Kristen Engelhart, Rolf Nagen. Pretty solid, if not awesomely good, GT3 car drivers. Yeah, but um, they always seem to have bad luck, that GRT. Of course we're saying this about GRT when they have actually won races before. Not particularly with this lineup, they have won races and Sprint Cup champions, if I recall correctly, from last year. This is true, but it seems like they have just so much bad luck when it comes to either... ADAC GT Masters or ADAC GT Masters is when their bad luck basically comes personified and their tire troubles and all that other stuff and you know in uh, the 24 hour series all the time where they could have remember when they could have won the 24 hours of Dubai but they had a little thing in the first part of the race and had to go in the pits for it and then they came back all the way from that to second so did they have that problem they could have won um, so basically, anywhere except for Black Pan, I guess they have just bad luck. Except for Black Pan, them so. I mean, I'm gonna just say say something here because they have had pole positions at Monza and Silverstone this year, and haven't been able to convert those into race results. In fact, I'm trying, yeah. to, think, I'm trying to see how they've actually gone this race because I don't think it's this year it hasn't even been that good at all. Yeah, they've had an eleventh place, an eighth place, and then they retired from Le Castellet the six hour. So they've been quick, they just haven't had a chance to capitalise on it yet. But we know we know they're going to be quick over the course of the race. If they get that good luck, there'll be a chance for a race win, I reckon. Yeah. The other two Lamborghinis on the pro grid come from Orange One FFF Racing Team, the 519 of Frank Pereira, Phil Keane, and Giovanni Venturini, and the 563 of Andrea Calderati, Dennis Lind, and Marco Mappelli. Pretty strong drivers. Obviously the Italian connection there being Lamborghini. And the Orange One FFF have actually had a reasonably impressive Blanc Paint series so far. Yeah, they've been they've been able to capitalize on on a, a, a race one or two in the Sprint Championship. Um, I actually got confused because um, basically they be, it kind of looks like the GRT livery except they just turn the green into like a black because I know GRT had that orange one sponsor and. The uh, orange one also has that too. Hmm. Um, at least GRT used to have the orange one sponsor, so there may be confusion if you if you uh, haven't been catching up. But 
FF Triple F Racing Team um, from China. They've been racing in the Asian Championships for a long time. I remember when they were uh, in GT Asia, the, the first incarnation of GT Asia racing in that championship. But still really good drivers, except I don't know who Giovanni Venturini is. I'm not quite familiar with him. But then you have the next car, who has Andrea Calderelli, who is from the Super GT. Dennis Lind, who raced in Trofeo, Super Trofeo a lot. And Marco Mappelli, who is a Lamborghini regular. Well, Giovanni, he's come from open wheelers back in 2012-2013. He didn't do spectacularly, which is why he... I mean, he had a couple of race wins, but that's why he went to GT Racing. I should also mention that this team is currently leading the team's championship in the Endurance Cup. Oh, okay. They've had two seconds and a third. With different cars, mind you. Well, yeah, consistency. Consistency. Much like a grasp of the English language. Very consistent. So, this team, if things go their way, we know they're good enough. We know their team's good enough. If the drivers can keep it clean for 24 hours, we're not surprised to see them fighting for a win come the hour 2021. Yeah, I won't be surprised either. They've been kind of strong all season and got, you know, been up there in the sprint series, at least, the, the races I've been watching. So Yeah, just to, just to give you a bit of an idea of who's done what for them. So, Calderati, Lyndon, Mapelli have had a second and a third. And that was at Monza and the Castellet. And their other car was second. That's Keen Pereira Venturini, was second at Silverstone. So, yeah, when I say they've been impressive so far this season, that's why. Moving on now, we have six Mercedes in the pro class this year. Two of which I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna put a disclaimer out here. I'm sorry to everybody, but oh god, why? Just why? Um, look, I know people get people can like what they want. But it just doesn't look good on a these anime things on a race car. They just don't look good in my mind. But the first Mercedes is the number zero good smile racing and type moon racing. With Nobuhiro Taniguchi, Japanese, Tetsuya Kataoka, Japanese, Adam Christodoulou, not at all Japanese. So I'm Super GT regulars with a guy who would pretty much race any Mercedes that's out there. Basically, yes. <laughs> Adam Christodoulou was like, hey, I'm at Shanghai for GT Masters Asia, and I was like, there's a GT Masters Asia. <laughs> so Adam, Adam is all over the place with these Mercedes, and not surprising that he'll be racing in this Good Smile Racing team. And the, I'm guessing this is a car that's come from GT300. Yes. And except, but it's 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 a different livery that comes from Super GT, but still, you know, the spirit of Itasha. Yes. And that spirit has infected the number four Mercedes AMG team black Falcon Pro Car with Yama Berman, Lucas Stoltz, and Mario Engel. I want I wonder if the drivers were, were you know they were like, hey, let's put this on our cars. I mean I don't know how popular, you know, anime and Japanese culture is in the Nether- Netherlands and Germany. Put it this way, just by it's questioning gonna be... it, you're gonna get stoned to death next time you go to Japan. <laughs> I mean you look you get guys like Lucas Stoltz and Mario Engel and Yama Berman who, you know, been racing these top tier endurance events, race winning races left and right, then uh, it just it just feels weird. But I say go for it. I I like lots of colorful liveries on the grid, lots of different things. Black Falcon haven't had the greatest of um, long pain series yet either. I mean, this car had a third place at Monza, 
then the last two races haven't been fantastic at all. They've had a seventh and a fifteenth. That's at Silverstone in France. And see, it seems like I mean, I they've been doing good in the uh, sprint series. I see them running up front a lot there. Um, but in terms of the endurance, I mean, and in, ter- in terms of um, endurance races also, it's uh, Nurburgring 24, I believe they got a podium out of that. So I think Spa 24 is going to be different because it seems like they have tons of Mercedes here. Um, so we're going to see how this goes. I think Mercedes have a, have a, have a good chance in numbers. Indeed. And another one of those numbers is the 43 Strecker Racing Machine. Uh, Christina Nielsen, we know what she can do. Jack Hawksworth, we know what he can do. Who the hell is Dev Gore? That's who I'm trying to find out. I never heard of Dev Gore. Oh, I was setting him up. He's from your, he was from your neck of the woods. I was trying to set him up. Yeah, I actually never heard of Dev Gore before. Hold anyway, so in 2016, he raced in the in karting. 2017, Maserata Indy. 2018, Euro Formula F3. He raced in the Toyota Racing Series at the start of this year, and he's been racing in GT3 okay. this season. I sort of remember him from Toyota Racing Series. I guess he must have been, must have not been that good to catch my eye in the, in the road to Indy. But yeah, okay, so that's who Dev Gore is from the United States. I was going to say it's interesting because he's been racing in the Silver Cup or Am Cup Strecker Racing Machine. To be bumped up yep. with Jack, Jack Hawksworth and Christina Nielsen for this race is a hell of a promotion. Yeah, and then you have Christina Nielsen who does Blank Pan GT Asia, I believe, with a Porsche. I believe she races a Porsche in that championship. Um, and then you have Jack Hawksworth who just races Lex, Lexuses with um, Aim Vassar Sullivan in IMSA. And then you have a tech one in the sprint championship for Blank Pan. Um, so, and I believe Jack Hawksworth did win one or two IMSA races this year also. So, I Jack don't Gore think... is clearly the weak link, but yeah. Christina Nielsen and Jack Hawksworth will, is not going to lift him up because, you know, he's quite new. At the same time, they wouldn't put him in there. I mean, Stracker Racing don't put people in cars if they don't think they're quick. So, be interesting to see how he goes there. The number 44 Strecker Racing is their international or intercontinental GT challenge points earner with Lewis Williamson, Gary Paffett, and Tristan Vortier at the wheel. That's an incredibly good, strong lineup, that one. Lewis Williamson, who's been in Strecker since the LMP2 days. Um, then, you have Gary Paff- then you have Gary Paffett, who just feels weird not calling him a DTM driver anymore. He's been in that series for such a long time. Now does Formula E with um, HWA. Um, then you have uh, Tristan Vautier, who's been just—he's been racing Mercedes for the longest time now, ever since he quit IndyCar back in 2013-2014, sometime during during that time frame. So I think this one is a bit stronger than the previous Straka racing car, and quite you know quite deservedly so because this one this one's running for you know IGTC points. Yeah, and it is a one-off entry for this race, so we'll see how that combination goes. I I don't see it contending for a win, not as much as the other two Mercedes that we're going to go through now anyway. So the number 88, Acker ASP, usually with man filters and that green and yellow livery. Raffaele Marciello, Fabian Schiller, Vincent Abril. 
Whew, boy. If this isn't up the front, wow. if this isn't up the front with two hours ago, something's gone a bit wrong. Yeah, Rafael Marcello. I watched his Anvort races recently, and he's been he's been up there. He he has been in, in the top five, I believe, in both races. I know he did r- relatively good in uh, race two. In race one, he was he was up to definitely in the top five. Then he had Fabian Schiller was champions in the Renault Sport Trophy, um, 2016 in AM and endurance, and he was also the 2017 Blank Pan GT Series Silver Cup Sprint Cup champion. So there's a reason they put him in this car. And then you have uh, then you have Vincent Abreu, who you, you, former Bentley, yeah, former Bentley guy. Now you talked about cars with no luck before, right? Correct. This car's had absolutely no luck so far, this endurance campaign. Was leading, or was up the front at Le Castellet, got taken out. Was doing well at Silverstone, crashed out. Was doing well at Monza, came home 37th after a problem. We know this car is quick, it's just can they avoid the bad luck that seems to be hanging around like a black cat where it's walked under a ladder while breaking a window? Well, I surely hope it isn't. Isn't a green car because green apparently is bad luck in racing too. Yeah, yeah, so it is. But that's <laughs> but that's an incredibly strong lineup that one. So expect to see the number eighty eight ASP car up front. The last Mercedes on the grid is the triple nine Mercedes AMG Krupa M Racing with a Maxi Book, Maxi Guts, and Maxi Unknown. We still got another driver to be named for that one. So Maxi Book, um, I believe. Book and Guts are at, at the uh, Blank Pan GT Asia. Um, they race there. Yeah, this is uh, the the Blank Pan Asian car because Group M Racing um, is from Hong Kong. So this guy or this team is coming all the way from Hong Kong where they normally race Blank Pan GT World Challenge Asia. They normally are very strong in that series. But Book and Guts, you have the two maxis. In, in the car, and they're relatively strong drivers. I, I'm just waiting on that TBC because, I mean, depending on that TBC, who that TBS, TBC is, they have a very good lineup on that team. I wonder if it's going to be Maxi Pad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, those two those two are very good. For a one-off entry, that's a pretty good one. And, it's, of course, Mercedes-AMG are backing it, so you know it's going to be good. And it looks like they're also contending for IGTC points as well. But yeah. Keep in mind that when we when we say they're running IGTC points, it means they're running the points for the manufacturer. I don't think they're actually running for, you know, driver's champion. So which of those Mercedes cars do you think is the best? Let's see. Experience, if you're talking about, you know, the more experienced guys kind of leads me to the four. I mean, you see that trio basically in almost any endurance race that Mercedes partakes in, um, and they generally do well. Then, and then you say the uh, the eighty-eight, and I, I don't know. I I, I think I, I, yeah, I think the four has them beat in terms of the experience they have, and that the fact that these guys are veterans of the sport, and uh, yeah, I just think they're just a stronger. See, I was going to say the 88 for those similar reasons. There's that lineup we know is damn bloody quick. The 4 and the 88 should be the Mercedes contenders there. Moving on now, we've got the two Nissans from KCMG, the Nissan GTR Nismo GT3. Again, one of the oldest cars on the grid. The 18 with Eduardo Liberati, Alexander Imperatore, and Oliver Jarvis. And the 35 
with Katsumi Suchio, Sugo Matsuda, and Josh Burden, who's a name that has sort of sprung onto the scene this year. Yeah, I believe he has been racing in the TCR Japan Touring Car Series with uh, KCMG. Um, they, I believe they're a Honda if, when they do TCR racing. So, And he's been winning in class in that championship, and now he's making – and now he, he's doing – at least he's done GT3 stuff along with these guys. Sugi Matsuda is normally any sound dude. You know, I believe he's part of the uh, Motul crew, or I believe he's a retired Super GT guy now. Actually, maybe he's not. I'll have to check up on that. But he, he does race Super GT um, in the Motul car. And then you have, obviously, you know, uh, Katsuma Chio, who actually, I believe he does commentary for TCR Japan. So, oh, lots of TCR Japan um, references and little connections there in this lineup. But of course. Definitely, you got two, the two, very two strong Japanese guys I was going to mention Josh Burden as well. He's won for KCMG and LMP3 in the Agent of the Mon series. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember when... I forgot KCMG did LMP3. So, you know, pretty solid driver who's just making his, making tracks and could actually... I reckon he could do something quite spectacular this race. So, you could probably separate this driver lineup into two, two ways. The 18 is the international crew, the guy who goes around the world with Nissan and competes in these races. And the 35 is the guys who mainly race domestically and only race internationally on special occasions. Yeah. And uh, would you say the 18 is stronger? It's a toss-up, I think. Because Chio and Matsuda are, are experienced drivers. I mean, Chio is not afraid to make a ballsy move. Um, Bathurst is proof of that. Um, I haven't seen too much of Burden to make an accurate depiction of him. And then you have... Alexandra Imperatori and Ed- Eduardo Liberati, just uh, both good drivers. Mm. Then you have Oliver Oliver Jarvis that kind of you know picks fast, him up fast, fastest man ever around Daytona. Jarvis, oh oh yeah, the, the Mazda. Okay, yeah. So it, I'm gonna say they have to be sort of even. Yeah, also I should mention Josh Burden is. I think this is his first race after that monumental shunt at Nurburgring. Oh, that's right, in Donger Ho, right? Yeah, where the, where yeah, the car behind yeah. didn't react in time to the, sl- to the slow zone, and yeah. Yeah, that was just that was just downright nasty. Okay, so we're so we're going to see how, how that goes from... I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see that now. Running out the Pro Car entry list is six Porsche 911 GT3Rs. Six absolutely screaming banshees running around this track at night time. What more could you want? Had to get that in for Flood to actually... Get a cheesy grin on his face. So starting the Porsche lineup is the number 20 GPX racing machine with Kevin Estra, Michael Christensen, Ricard Leitz. So GPX racing is kind of making an international expansion because they mainly started as a team from the United Arab Emirates racing Renault RSO1s in the Gulf 12 hours and 24 hours. But now ever since they got this Porsche, um, they've been racing in the 24 in 24 hour series. I know they raced in the 24 hours of Portimao um, these past few weeks ago, and now they're racing in 24 hours of Spa, one of the biggest GT3 races of the year. And you get guys like Kevin Estra, Michael Christensen, and Ricard Leitz. It must be the oil money because you can't just sign these guys up for this how new a team this is. It's 
it's a little, and Porsche factory involvement. It's a but, little crazy because their um, normal drivers are in Silver Cup. Benjamin Goss, Jordan Groger, Stuart Hall. They're the guys who normally drive this car. They're all out. Correct. That, yeah, they for this, they just get all the factory drivers. It's insane. It is It is insane, but tell you what, those three factory drivers. Kevin Estra has gone from being an uh, enigmatic driver to just being a bloody good one, which has been great for him. It was like two or three years ago that this very race that he was kind of making dumb move moves. It was I remember there was one part at the uh, beginning of the Kemmel Straight where he had some 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 form of incident where he wasn't making the best driving moves, but um, yeah, he's definitely improved on. But at least we know who he is, unlike Michael Christensen. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I still don't know who he is. And of course, Ricard Leitz, bloody awesome. The next Porsche on the list, the 54 Dynamic Motorsport. Surprise race winners from Monza, let's not forget. Klaus Beckler, Andrea Rizzoli, and this, for this race, Zayed Ashkanani. Zayed Ashkanani, I believe, he was full-time with this team. He was with the winners at Monza. He's right. Um, I, I just, I forgot that, yes. He was part of that race-winning team, of course. Yeah. This is the same. This is the same lineup that they had all year, I believe, because I don't think I remember it. I don't think I see any changes. Um, Klaus Backler, um, he's been doing some. He's been doing some Porsche stuff, but I, it's crazy how Dynamic Motorsport never really heard of this team. Mainly, mainly they're like a Porsche Carrera Cup Italia team, but they they, they just came out the blank pan. They're kind of sleepers and just won Monza. I think the rain helped. I don't. I haven't watched Monza like. I haven't like like understand how they won it. I'm not sure how they did the pit strategy, but I think pretty sure the, the how the wet how wet the track became and you know the wet tires and the pit stop. Pretty sure some strategy had to be involved in the win like that because wow, that was, that was definitely a surprise win. And they just keep up to results. I remember them being quite strong, um, at least getting top twenties and stuff and Silverstone yeah, they, and Power they, Card. They were they were not so much anonymous, but they weren't pushing up front. Um, which is for a new team like this is to be, to be expected. And when you can look at the other Porsche drivers, they're definitely the weakest of the six teams. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I have to agree with that. I mean, because pretty much every other Porsche has like factory drivers in it. Now the next team on the on the list have got three cars: the the Rover Racing Porsches this year, their first year in the Porsche after being in the Beamer for God knows how many years. The 98 with Sven Muller, Roman Demar, Matthew Jaminet. Car 99, Dennis Olsen, Dirk Werner, Matt Campbell. Car 998, Frederick McAwerke, Patrick Pile, Nick Tandy. Please, pick, oh. a, pick a weak link from those nine drivers. This is sort of like a uh, pick and play where you, you just, if you just take a Nürburgring 24 entry list, Replace the team names from from the from the spot twenty four entry list onto that, and you pretty much get the same lineups. Because I remember Sven Mueller and Matteo Gemini with Romain Dumas with a Fricadelli, I believe, and Dennis Olsen, Dirk Werner, Matt Campbell with Fricadelli also, and then you have from um, the nine nine eight lineup being with Matai Racing. <laughs> so th- they kept up the drivers. They keep the, they kept the same drivers in one car, so a, a bond can build. So there's some familiarity. So uh, I'm not sure how how much that can play into the result of the race, but I mean, 
Porsche. It's definitely Porsche. They know what they're doing, so I'm pretty sure there's some sort of method to this madness. Oh, yeah, and, and these lineups, the 98, 99, you've got 98, which is your experienced guys. Obviously, Romain Dumas, Matthew Gemini, Sven Muller. They're pretty experienced. And 99 is very much the young guns. Matt Campbell, up-and-comer. Dennis Olsen, up-and-comer. Dirk Warner, okay, he's been around a little bit longer. But, god damn, they're awesome lineups. And then you throw in their the one-off entry of McIlwitty, Pele, and Tandy. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, I, I, you just leave the loss for words. And that's not even the strongest Porsche car. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 get to that. It's it's number number one seventeen. Coos team seventy five. Bernhard team. You know, normal races in ADAC GT Masters. Yep. That he they they went. They've been here before. They yes. I believe they were close to winning it until I can't remember what happened. Last to them. year, last year they um about yeah, last year eight hours to go. Yeah. Did I say last night? <laughs> yeah. So they were got, up there. Then. So, so you've got so you've got team owner, you know, slowest slowest driver in the car, Timo Bernard, and hashtag Bamthor. Earl Bamba Lawrence Bamthor. Good God, that's this literally all you can say here. Porsche. Yeah, this was the strongest Porsche lineup last year. This is the strongest Porsche lineup this year, I think. It's just putting three cars, three drivers that good in a car together is almost legal, surely. It's yeah, it's it's quite insane how you get a massive amount of those a, a massive amount of talent in just three of them. And I don't think we need to say need to say too much more about this apart from I think this car is likely to win it. Yeah, it's, this is definitely going to be up in the top five at the end of the race if it doesn't have any problems. All right, so that's your thirty six car pro class grid. Get your random number generators out, people. Give me your top five. Okay. Number I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with number one seventeen. Duh. Um, I'm gonna give a two to two two seven a shout. Ooh. The number number one ten. That's the Suchik Ordonis Durani Bentley. The four. The Berman Stoltz Engel Mercedes. Yep. Okay, I like. And. Didn't pick an Audi yet, so I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, could go. With, which one is the Audi with Dries in it? I'm actually. I'm gonna go with 25. So that's my top. That's my top five in any random order. That's the Vivish Finkelhock Hasa Audi. So you just. So you've just written off all three Astons. <laughs> no matter what. You're you're leaving out some tough competition. Yeah, when you've got twenty legitimate chances in a race of a race win, it's a little cruel to just pick five because there's so many think dr- drivers you can just say, hey, that nah, this guy's going to be the winner, and you feel really bad for not picking them. So good luck to anyone doing the Spa Fantasy WEC. So my top five. Well, I've done the random number generator route because that's about the only way you can. I've got the number one Audi Sport WRT with Frenz Muller and Rene Rast. The number 62 R Motorsport car with Vexavier, Perry and Martin. The number 98 Row Racing with Sven Muller, Roman Demar and Matthew Germinet. The number 30 Honda Team Motor with Farnbacher, Baguette and Van der Sand. And the 34 Walking Horse Motorsport with Krogners, Jensen and Katzberg. That's my random number generator. And apart from the Honda 
and the walking horse car. I think that's pretty close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, add, in, add in the 1117 Bernard car because you have to. And I tell you what, I reckon the uh, the 63 might be a sneak, sneaky chance as well. The Grasser Racing Team car. Might be, yeah. I mean, they've won you know, Daytona and Sebring this year, so they've won high-stakes endurance races, but not with the competition that they have to face now in the spot 24, so that kind of left them up for that. But, you know, could be wrong. Egg in my mm. face, eating crow later on. Could, yeah. could be the, could and be then the you, possibility And then you've got the 998 row racing, which is almost just as good as to, to not pass up as the 117. So, yeah, well, I think what we're saying here basically is Good luck to you if you're trying to pick a winner because there's at least 25 chances of a good result here. So, uh, Godspeed to you. And that's before we get to the other three classes in the race. Shall we crack on with those? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Yeah. So the Pro-Am Cup, you've got to have one bronze-rated driver in these in these cars. Oh, sorry, one silver or bronze-rated driver in these cars. It's an 11-car grid for Pro-Am. You've got one Aston, the 97 Oman Racing with TF Sport. With Sally Look, Ahmed Al Harfi, Charlie Eastwood, and Nikki Tim in a Pro Am car. What? You've got the Audi R8 with Santa Lock Racing, Pierre Yevs Park, Simon Gachet, Stephen Pellet, and a TBC. You've got a Team Parker Bentley Racing with Derek Pierce, Glenn Getty, Ryan Ratcliffe, and Andy Merrick. You've got three Ferraris, uh, number 14 Bohemia Energy Racing with. Oh, God, here we go. Finish names. Jerry Pissarik, Gabriel Lancieri, Joseph Kral, and Matteo Malucci. Those are Czech Republic names. I'm gonna stop you right there because this team is this team is notable. They've been winning 24 hour and 12 hour races in the Creventic series this year. They won the 12 hours of Bruno, which we had all our stickers on them. The 24 hours of Portimao this past couple weeks, and I'm they are pretty sure they won the 12 hours of Mugello. As well as I can't remember the other Creventic races they had. Maybe they didn't have anything else. But this team has been dominating Creventic competition left and right, and this 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 will be finally time to see how they can prove themselves to a way bigger field of competition than what they are used to in Creventic. So I'm excited to see how this car does. Um, see if they can hack it in the uh, Blank Pen Pro Cup, Pro Am Cup. Yep. And I think instead of reading the uh, the other cars, which we shouldn't have done in the first place, that was a mistake. What other cars here do you think we should look out for? So there's Modena Motorsports, which strikes out to me because I mainly knew them, just a TCR team and a Porsche Cup team. So they're making a huge jump up to the GT3 operation with Josh and Benny, Benny Simonson, um, related to, yes, that um, Alan Simonson, who unfortunately we lost back in 2013. Matthias Besch and... Felipe de Cove, which is the bronze in that car. Uh, so basically, Mateus Besch has been following Medina Motorsports, whether it be TCR, um, Porsche Cup, just anywhere. And now that he's back up there in a big time GT3 race. Yeah. So that's definitely one to watch. I, For me, the two Ferraris, the 52 AF Corsa Pro Am Cup car, is very hard to beat. You've got Nick Homerson, Lewis Michels, Andrea Bertolini, and Tony Verlander. What are those two doing down here? Yeah, what is that Platinum <laughs> doing in a pro web <laughs> And then you look at the number 93, Tempesta Racing. Is that is it? Tempesta? Tempesta? Racing? Yep, Tempesta. 
Yep, with Chris Buncombe, Eddie Cheever the third, Chris Foggart, and Giancarlo Fischichella. Yeah, that's uh, I actually hold on. I believe this is the uh, Sky uh, sponsored card, the one that raced in the FIA GT. Yeah, this okay. is the Sky sponsored one with you know that raced in Bahrain last year. So with that Union Jack livery, patriotism. So I think I suspect the winner is going to come from one of those two or the '97 Oman racing with Sally Luke, Ahmed Ohati, Charlie Eastwood, and Nikki Tim. Again, why is Nikki Tim in the pro am? Yeah, weird. Um, Especially considering how he related he is to our motorsport. <laughs> yeah, that's awkward meetings in the boardroom, coming in the Aston Martin boardroom. Um, the 26 Santilock team is also not something to scoff at either. They might not win the race, but they're with this race with potential, I believe, they're French GT4 championship drivers, which French GT4 is a support race to, this, to the weekend's Spa 24. So they're getting some form of double duty out of this race. Team Parker Racing is another notable one. They have their British GT drivers, and this is a British GT team. Um, Derek Pierce, uh, Glenn Getty, Ryan Ratcliffe, and Andy Myrick. So, and, of course, that Andy Myrick who raced the Delta Wing back in IMSA. Um, unfortunately, you know, could have won the uh, Rolex 24 that one year if a certain prototype challenge car didn't ruin it but Andy Myrick finding new roads with this Bentley Pro-Am team awesome and I think the other the, the other last notable team here is the 91 Herbeth Motorsport Herbeth who just you know they just race Porsches usually with the Renaults at the wheel and you got Alfred and Rob up here as well with Ralph Bond and Daniel Ellerman yeah I mean you see them remember when they had that period of pure dominance and Kreventic well that kind of stopped um, and but still, it's still a strong team. Um, Herbert, you know, wins races in the uh, ADAC GT Masters now, now, and now and again. So they they have a they have a good team behind their back, and the Pro Am Cup is more a realistic challenge, a more realistic goal for them to win. And overall, and I'm glad they kind of, although they've been racing Pro Am Cup in Blackman for quite a while now. There is Ram Racing. Ram Racing is also a a team that people may recognize. Um, Ram Racing also does British GT. Um, also did Creventic a lot back in the day. Um, Ram Racing has drivers like Tom Onslow Cole and Christian Frankenfood. So those are names you might recognize. Then you have um, Scuderia Falorba Corsa, which I believe is an Italian GT team. Um, so we got a bunch of Italian GT regulars coming into the spot 24. So it walks of every yeah. You know, National GT Series coming into the Spa 24 to challenge the Spa circuit. Yeah, and the 121 Open Road Racing, I think, have come in from Asia. And I want you to try to pronounce the drivers there. Uh, okay. Francis, Han- Francis Hanjotia, Michael Williams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we'll just call that this dude Michael Williams. So Remo- for those people at home, S-O-E-E. R-Y-A-D-J-A-Y-A. Soy Rajajaya. And then you have Remo Ornado Rissi. I believe this guy races... I recognize that name somewhere. It might be in Blank Pan GT Sports Club or um somewhere. I recognize that name from somewhere. I just can't put my finger on it. Then you have Antares Ao, who doesn't have a uh, classification. He's not a... Silver, gold, platinum, or bronze. He's not any of those. It just says NC for no classification on it. Yeah, and they're from Hong Kong, so good to see they're making the trip over. 
Got a podium for me from this class? Okay, I'll go. Let's see here. Yeah, I'll go. Ooh, man, this is tough. I think I'm going to go with. Seven, I'm going to go 74. The Ram Racing with Remo Voss, Darren Burke, Tom Oslico, Christian Frankenhart. 97. The Oman Racing with Sully Lohafi, uh, Eastwood, and Tim. And 52. Being the AF Corsa Ferrari with Homerson, Mikhail Spitalini, and Vlander. These good solid picks. I reckon, though, the Tempster Racing might be a chance to sneak onto that podium as well. And you can never discount Herbeth, ever. We'll see. Moving on to the AM Cup now. 12 cars in the AM Cup field. So this is going to be the red numbers you see on the cars. Uh, these cars must have two bronze drivers. Pick it a few charts here that you like. Correct. So I, I recognize Butsun uh, Guignon, um, who races usually in the Black Pan GT Sports Club. Uh, they have Karim Oje, who is a regular for that championship. Um, then you have uh, Techcon Racing. This sorry, is the so, sorry, only just, Lex. So just going back, that was the Boots and Guignon. That's the BMW number nine. Yep. Then you have the number 23, Techcon Racing. Lexus, the only Lexus on the grid. Normally, I think Jack's, Jack Hawksworth raced in, in this car at Zanfort in the Blank Pan Sprint Cup. But, um, you know, he's racing in Mercedes now. Of course, the drivers in this car, Eric Cairoli, Bernard Delhez. Timothy Bure, and former keeper, Fabian Bathes. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Usually races LMP2 with his own team. I don't think he actually races with his own team. No, he's stepped out of P2 and is now racing in GT3, which is not a bad thing, because he's actually a pretty solid driver. No, he's relatively well. Then you have um, Dilo Lazarus Racing, I believe is a international GT Open regular. In the, with, uh, in the well, Lamborghini Huracan? Yep. Mike Headland is in this car. If you, he usually, um, the most recent thing he really did was race um, in the uh, GT4 America Championship, which last year. Um, now he kind of makes amateur appearances in big sports car events. And then you have Raton Racing by Target, which I believe is a blank pan regular. Then you have Three Wide Technology, which which is a French team, which I also believe is a French GT team. Did he, race in the twenty four hours of Dubai. Does the official intro still have two TBCs there? Uh yeah, it still has two TBCs. A little concerning a week out. For me, there's a couple of teams here that I'm really interested in. Obviously you got the thirty six Walkenhorst with Henry Walkenhorst, the team guy, the team boss there. And the BMW M six. The number 188 Garage 59 car you can never discount from and Championship, especially when the lineup of Alexander West, Chris Harris from Top Gear, Chris Goodwin, and Ross Gunn. That's a pretty strong AMB lineup. Yeah, I think that's going to be... Because they won the AMB Cup before, I think. I believe they won AMB in the Pollard Card race earlier this year. So they're coming off of a hot streak of a win at the second most prestigious race in the championship. Indeed. And the 77 Barwell Motorsport won the other two with Adrian Amstutz, Leo Matschewski, Patrick Kulala, and Richard Abra for this race. All, all solid drivers. Richard Abra, I believe, mainly races with the, uh, I can't remember the team name, but races with a green and black Mercedes and a green and black BMW. Or green black Mercedes in the British GT Championship and a green and black BMW for main, for like production car races, like Brit Car and, uh, you know, maybe the 24-hour series if he decides to bring them. 
Um, then you have the number eighty. Now this is a car. Is this is a car that is really interesting to me. This car, the number eighty Audi Sport, has actually come from Asia. Is actually a car that's been entered by the Asian Le Mans Cup series. Sorry, the Asian R8 LMS Cup series itself. Yep. And that was a prize for if you won the championship, you get. Not, first of all, you get an Audi R8, the street version. You get that as your, your new car. And a drive in the Spa 24, and this is their prize. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, not, just, it's not just for the... It's, it's a bit more complicated than that, even. It's not just the winner of the championship. It's the winner from the... It's the best-placed driver, I think, from the countries they go to. Really? Yeah. So that's where we've got Hand, Andrew Harrianto, Sung Jing Zhu, Jeffrey Lee... And Yasser Shahin from Australia. Yeah, Yasser Shahin has been basically racing anything. <laughs> um, he's been racing, um, I believe, Porsche GT3 Cup Australia. He mainly races these championships. He doesn't race all these championships full-time. He just races these at the bend yeah. um, when they come there. Yeah, because it's, so, his, it's, it's his track. It's going to be weird to see him racing around without there being a sponsorship on a car. Yeah, it's probably like Audi R- R8 Sport Elmas Cup, just a series sponsorship on the car. Yeah, so you, I mean, you've got four gentleman drivers here in a car that none of them have paid for. Yeah, and they earned it, and that's how we like to see. How, like that's how we like to see you know things happen in racing. Yeah, and this is a project they're going to continue next year. Although next year the prize is not going to be Spa; it's going to be Suzuka. So that probably makes a bit more sense from a logistics point of view. But yeah, still, so they get Suzuka ten hour drive. Yeah, which is still a pretty cool prize. Um, still a really good cool prize. We still have two Ferraris. You have Rinaldi Racing. Who has been in this championship for a very long time? They won a few. They won. They won a few AM Cup races back in their day. Um, Rinaldi Racing. Fun fact: They also support Mock and Spiegel. Um, so you know, Rinaldi is being very busy. Then you have HB Racing, who is normally an ADAC GT Masters team racing Ferrari there, and now they have a Ferrari here, um, most likely with the same drivers from the ADAC GT Masters lineup. So you got. Two for and Ferraris. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Go on then. Pick me a winner. I'll say so I think the easy winner is gonna be Garage fifty nine. The one eight eight, yep, that's yeah gonna be hard to beat in that Aston lineup. But assuming what? assuming that they don't make the finish, who's gonna win? So my next two in the podium Um Let's see. I'm gonna go with Oh, these are all AMs and drivers I've never even heard of before and stuff, so it could be hard. I'm going to go number 488. That's the Rinaldi Racing the, Machine? with And the 77. We haven't even talked about the Rinaldi Racing. Pierre Ire, Martin Berry, Jose Manuel Barbani, Babiani, and Rory, P- Rory Pintanen. It's a solid AM lineup. And they, what, they won a few AM Cup races back in the day, like I said. And what was the other one? You picked the 77? Yeah. Yep. The Bauer Motorsport Lamborghini, which is always a good solid bet here. I also reckon that the um, Tech One Racing, Darcy's Cairoli, Dalhez, and Beret in that Lexus might be up there as well. Really? Just a bit of a smoky. But if anyone beats the 1888, they've had a bloody good race. Yeah, we have the Silver Cup up next, and that's um, that's pretty decently lined up as well. 13 cars in Silver Cup, as the name suggests, all silver drivers. And there's a good spread of so, cars here. You've got an Aston, three Audis, a Ferrari, the second of the Hondas, five Lamborghinis, and two Mercs. Pick a few teams for me, would you? 
So you have the number five, Phoenix Racing. Uh, Kim Louis Schramm, who is uh, formerly ADAC Formula 4 contestant. Finlay Hutchison and uh, Ivan Perez. Um, this car is noble because it has an excellent little chrome blue finish on it. Um, just an excellent car, an excellent livery, excellent color on the car. Then you have number six, Black Falcon with Abdulaziz El Faisal. Hubert Hopp, Patrick Assenheimer, and Gabriel Piana. And also, um, this is a third of the Atashi cars. Correct. And, oh, wow. Um, this is kind of like, this is sort of like something you would see at uh, Dubai 24, this lineup. It's it's weird how um, Spot 24 can implicate other lineups in various races. It's a very strong lineup, this Black Falcon car, I've got to say. Another one I'm looking at here is the number 17 Team WRT Audi. Alex McDowell, UK-based driver, not too bad. Paul Petit, French. And Shay Davies, very Australian. And has sort of bursted onto the scene quite nicely in GT3. Yeah, he is a, uh, G- a Super 2 driver, isn't he? Uh, previously Super 2, did a few races in the main game. Has also driven a lot in Asia. Yep. And also there is the... Um... The Ombra Racing car, which is mainly an Italian GT team. Notable driver in that car is Dean Stoneman, who, you know, was an Indy Lights for for a while. Kind of disappeared off the face of the earth for a while, but now he's racing in the Silver Cup. And along with him, the, another, another noble driver, Corey Lewis, who is a Lamborghini Super Trofeo driver from the United States. Now for we- Dream Racing. I think he's a Dream Racing guy. GRT Grasser Racing Team is putting a hand in the basket of the Silver Cup, kind of like what WRT is doing. Um, not a lot of these guys are recognized. They're ma- probably um, mainly Super Trofeo guys, probably. I'm, I'm, they, I'm they, are, they are Super Trofeo. They also won at Silverstone and Silver Cup. So we know. Oh, okay. We know they're good. Then you have the last at Honda. You have Matt, Matthew McMurray, the youngest guy to ever start Lamar. Philip from a higher, which I believe, ooh, that's he. Yeah, he he's been racing in uh, GT3 stuff. Struan Moore and Ricardo Sanchez. Ricardo Sanchez is the um raced with the LMP2 Mexican team, right? He does has yes. Yeah, used to, and now he does like he might be doing Dragon Speed that Dragon Speed car that yeah so. NP2 and IMSA. Yep. Placed by the, I can't place my uh, finger on where Philip from and Weiler does. But we can't go any further without mentioning the number 90 Acker ASP team. Nick Bastian, Timur Bugolaski, and Felipe Fraga. They've won two of the three races this year at Monza and France. It's Le Castellet. And they're the team to beat. Even with only three drivers in this class, they're three very solid Silver Cup drivers. In ACA ASP, will be very busy this weekend. They also have a few uh, GT4 teams to attend to in the French GT4 Championship. Number 27, Daiko Lazarus Racing. Um, mainly a bunch of uh, Italian... Or not, there's actually only one Italian. Johnny Chiotto. One guy. That, yeah, Jonathan Giacato. Open wheel guy. Now, is this, is this junior who has been in like the open wheel categories, or is this like older older Jakarta has been DTM has been DTM? I'm assuming it's Jakarta Junior. 
Yeah, I think it's Chicago Jr. Um, so, yeah, a little familiarity in that 27 lineup. They had the number 55 Attempto Racing Audi. Um, Peter Showhorse is in this with uh, Matea Drudy. A shine so, so we get two Shorthorse brothers. I think they raced in the Renault RS01 Cup before that went extinct. And they have Matea Drudy alone in the tenant lineup. Hmm. So, Car 90 wins? Yeah, that's it's it's looking like that. Yeah, ASP for the win here, most likely. Second place, oof, that's a bit tighter. It is. I mean, the 78 car shouldn't sell itself short. I mean, it's that's another the, Barwell Motorsport car. James Poole, James Jordan Witt, Sandy Mitchell. Yeah, James Poole is a former British Formula 3 race winner. Also, uh, Redditor. He's a Redditor, actually. Uh, oh, he God. did an AMA on the r slash F1 feeder series subreddit uh, a year or two ago. Then you have Jordan Witt and Sandy Mitchell. And Sandy Mitchell is a that does race in the uh, British GT Championship with probably Barwell. Um, so he'll be getting pivotal experience this weekend, uh, the weekend we are recording I... the British GT round. I reckon the other chance of the win here is the 762R Motorsport car. Oh, that's right. And this is the in Ricky Collard and Hugo de Sadelier, the two main drivers in this car. They they, they share they, they share a car, or at least they share um, their teammates in the Blank Pants Free. Yep, along with... Now, his name on the entry list is Ferdinand von Habsburg, right? Correct, but his name is way longer than that. Yeah. Ferdinand, Ferdinand Zionmir, Maria, Balthus, Keith, Michael, Otto, and Albana, Leonard von Hasberg, Lothringen. Wow. And Aro Aro Vanino. Rinaldi Racing, the triple three. Um, Renaud, Renat Silikov, uh, Dennis Bolotov, David Perel, which actually David Perel is a fantastic YouTube channel that he does. He does onboard videos, but instead of straight onboards, he actually has a little voiceover over the onboards, kind of telling you the story of what's happening during this race and all the other stuff. So it's very informative and very, um, very, very informative and very interesting, very educational. So give that a little watch. And then you have the last driver in this Rinaldi racing lineup is Andy Dodge, who actually filled in. For the Vulcan Spiegel car, when I believe David Perel couldn't make it, so in the end, twenty-four. So finally, Intidancha and David Perel are going to be racing together this time with Rinaldi Racing. Awesome. So that's pretty much all your contenders from that and from that Silver Cup lineup. Um, there's one more class that we have to mention this race. You know what class that is? Uh, the Invitational class, of which there's one car. And it's Herbie. Yeah. What they've done... Now, okay, before we hate on it, it's for charity. They're raising, they're raising funds for a couple of ch- kids' charities in the region, which is great. They've taken a Porsche MR, and put bodywork on it to make it look like Herbie the Love Bug to celebrate the 50th or 60th anniversary of that movie. Just... It... it- you you have to get a good few looks at it for it, it's definitely a weird looking car. It's weird. It's 
as far as history of doing this sort of charity stuff, like a couple of years ago, they had the Legends car that went around for 15 minutes every hour. But it's just weird that they've, <laughs> they've just gone into this car. I mean, it's great. Great bit of diversity, but God, it's a minger. It's an absolute minger. We'll see, we'll see how long it, it takes to get, to get that car in the way in the traffic. Yeah, so it's the 50th anniversary of the Herbie movie, which was released in 1969. It's, it, they're raising money for the Viva for Life project and the Kinderarmada.be charities. So if you do feeling like you do want to support those two great causes, uh, I believe they're around kids and uh, supporting them, kids with disabilities, and having them through kindergarten and stuff like that at a young age. So please do feel free to generate, to donate generously if you are that way inclined. But yeah, the car is an absolute minger. I'm going to say that again. So that's just 73 car. Again, 73 cars for Spa 24. Where can we Crazy. watch this? Um, you'll find it um, officially on the GT World YouTube account. Um, keep in reminder there are support races. So what, what else is going to happen this weekend? So you have the Fumola Renault Euro Cup that's going to be on their official YouTube channel. They have the GT4 France, or French GT, which is also going to be on the GT World YouTube channel. Then there's going to be the Lamborghini Super Trofeo, which is going to be on the Super Trofeo YouTube channel. And then there's also going to be um, just this, this is what the this is what the uh, timetable is saying. This is not me making stuff up. The Porsche Motorsport GT2 Super Sports Car Weekend. The what? Is this the launch of the GT2? This is basically a GT2 race, but only for Porsche. This is only for Porsche GT2s and not the exciting GT2s, not the GTEs, the new, the new, the new GT2 DSRO is implementing. <laughs> oh, that's a little I thought I think these GT2 cars could be exciting, but that's a discussion for another podcast. So the uh, track action gets underway on Tuesday with the bronze test. Is that usually covered on stream? Um, the bronze test is not covered. Um, unless you want to take a look at the... Uh, Spa webcam that the uh, Circuit de Spa Parker Shop oh, they website normally, has. They normally put it in a good spot, so, you know, that's always worth watching. Wednesday is mainly, like, a practice, like, a private testing session for, like, um, the uh, smaller supports. Then, you know, then on Thursday, it's mainly a practice and qualifying day, practice for the supports, qualifying, and practice for the main race. Friday is qualifying for the supports, along with race one of all of the four support races and Saturdays, the four support races having their race two, and then the main race. Yep, we should also mention the main race has Super Pole on Friday as well, and the race action gets underway at four thirty on Saturday afternoon. Check your local conversions for that. Uh, I hope you guys have fun watching the race. I won't be able to, unfortunately. I'll be near Milwaukee for a uh, family function. Who knows? I may make it worthwhile. I might go Sunday night to an actual racetrack, but then. I won't be able to catch much live, but I've been able to do this preview with uh, Kiwi Chris here. That's uh, me! Hopefully you guys all enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys all enjoyed it. Um, hopefully next up we'll have the Nürburgring 24 review that's been literally months in the making. Uh, me and Cookie Chris... Me- mm. Cookie Chris. <laughs> me and Cookie Monster FL will have all the uh, interesting news and tidbits that came after the Nürburgring 24 weekend, including... 
Manti penalty. Hmm, what's that going to bring us in the ultimate results of the race? This has been me, Chris Washington97, and Kiwi Chris doing the preview for the, the Spa 24. You guys have a good one. We'll see you next time. Peace out, people. guys enjoy the race i uh won't be able to i'll be in near milwaukee for a uh little reception for my for a family member um you're getting married uh, no uh <laughs> i i, I, I <laughs> let's cut that <laughs> oh floods probably covered that don't worry haha no i won't everyone's gonna listen to it forever now